Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. And the next portion of the race affected now by a car that has struck the tyre barrier at Tiergarten. Stroke Owen Ryan, it looks like, with a smouldering BMW and a dishevelled tyre barrier. And it is the 706 BMW which has clattered, first of all, the Armco, but it looks like it's gone into the tyres at a fair rate of knots and actually been bounced back the wrong way down the track by several metres. So concern first of all for the driver who is able to operate one of the electric windows I'm impressed that that still works but it is on the, the, the side of the car that's not been affected by the damage it's the third place car in V4 that so uh, certainly one of the leading runners V4 being the uh, most populous class in the race possibly on a slightly delayed, delayed timing screen for me I've got that car in second position in V4 okay. and uh, so, yeah, currently, or at the time, in the hands of uh, Torsten Kratz. Yes. Who seems to have been mentioned more than anybody else uh, out of that B4 class. Well, Torsten Kratz, we reckon, was at the wheel of the 180 SP10 BMW, and it had its dramas at the start of the Dottinger Hur. Bonnet lid flipped back beyond its design angle and uh, crumpling the windscreen. So Torsten had to get out of that car, flatten down the bonnet as best he could, and then ease back to the pit lane at a much reduced speed. And now Torsten Krantz, whether he was involved with another car or not, can't tell you, because he didn't see the incident. All all, Paul and I are exposed to now is the aftermath, which is a very badly damaged BMW on the left-hand side. And Torsten Kratz, yes, moving around in the car, uh, but he's going to be checked on by the marshals as they arrive on the scene now. The other thing that's changed is that Frank Stippler is back ahead of Maro Engel. Um, because remember, Maro in the Mercedes gone ahead of Frank Stippler, um, and now Stippler is back ahead of him. Um, and he's a, disappeared to the tune of a second and a half up the road as well. So uh, whilst the two of them are battling amongst themselves, rather than slowing each other up, they are actually closing on Hubert Haupt as well. And that gap first to second between the, t- between the Black Falcon Mercedes 16 back to the Phoenix Audi is now under 10 seconds so uh, it's getting very close indeed as well and uh, so it's still Hubert Howard leading the way by less than 10 seconds Frank Stippler in second place with the Phoenix Audi number 5 we think uh, Frank will be in the car to the end although Vincent Cole no doubt standing by to uh, possibly take over but uh, see what happens in the Phoenix garage when the car comes in for its next pit stop uh, and then Mario Angle in third place, further second half behind in the sixth Black Falcon Mercedes. But uh, what I was about to say before we had all that fun and games, those three are the three that are challenging for the win of this race. So uh, I can't see anybody other than those no. three uh, actually being able to uh, challenge for the lead. The Rover Racing BMW number 99 will have to make an extra pit stop, I think. Uh, and everybody else is very nearly three minutes behind. So over two Two and a, getting up towards two and a half minutes behind the Falcon Motorsport to Porsche Martin Ranginger, then the Vulcan Horse to Motorsport BMW, uh, which Christian Prognos has just set the fastest lap of the race in. 
and then behind him is Jens Klingman in the other Falcon Motorsports car, BMW number three. Uh, and yeah, questions of what might have been possible for Nicky Katzberg stroke Philip Eng in their Rover Racing BMW M6 because that car only now 20 seconds adrift of the third placed Maro Engel Mercedes and it's difficult to know where that BMW might have been now had it done the eight laps we expected rather than the five so even at this point would it be capable of joining those three at the sharp end would it have been capable we know that it's not going to be there come the final shake-up because it's got to have a splash to get it to the finish but the pace has been there for the rover well both bmws actually both the 99 and 34 because it's the 34 that still hangs on to the fastest lap and rover only just slower by a couple of tenths yeah uh, it was um, what what did for the Vulcanhorst uh, car of course was that very early pit stop um, which meant that it couldn't uh, then uh, catch up with the cars up ahead of it so uh, Vulcanhorst Motorsport uh, at the moment uh, sitting I suppose it's comfortably in sixth place and there will be uh, championship points to be gained from that uh, is this different balance of performance compared to the 24-hour race and the qualifying race leading into that though. Uh, no, we've gone back to VLN balance of performance for this one. And I haven't got Nürburgring 24 balance of performance. But they are, I mean, we always keep saying they're separate entities. You know, VLN has nothing to do with N24 and vice versa. Uh, I'm just wondering why there was a distinct lack of pace from all the BMWs during the Nürburgring 24-hour race. They just weren't, I mean, I don't think, do we have any of them in the in the top... 28 shootouts. I don't think. No, I don't think any BMWs made it. We, we were all scratching our heads there, mainly because at the time of of qualifying leading into the top 28, we had Nick Yellowly with us in the commentary box for the Radio Show Limited Network in the Aston Martin lounge, and we'd we'd also spoken to Philip Eng just minutes before that, going, "Oh, how do you think this session's going to go then?" And the BMWs just never turned up. But it's intriguing to me that we've had one BMW win a VLN race this year, and now. They are the fastest cars so far in this race, so it must be different balance performance. The answer is not far away. <laughs> okay, you're working on it. We've, uh, but it's got to be obviously you're going to compare uh, what happened in the end of June for the latest edition of the 24 Hours of the Nurburgring and the VLN data. Yeah, so the uh, VLN variant of the BMW is 10 kilograms lighter um, although it has slightly less fuel that it's allowed to put in um, but everything else is the same so there's just 10 kilograms difference so 10 kilograms lighter in the VLN than it was at the 24 hours and an M6 is naturally aspirated or does that, do they carry turbos being the BM6? I actually can't remember that. The M8 is certainly turbocharged. It is turbocharged. Okay. Right, so there's boost to play with potentially as well. But that's the same, I think. Okay. Sorry, you just put that folder away. I oh, know. Uh, yes, you get 1750. Sorry, you get 15. You get a tiny bit more turbo pressure in VLN format than you do in. Nürburgring 24 hours so right. there's a bit more turbo and a lighter car right more powerful okay. 
Yeah. Lighter car, that means going to be on the pace. True. Somebody did suggest to me that the main problem with the VL, with the Nurburgring 24 hours Banzer performance, was that the cars were measured based on running Yokohama tyres, uh, and then in the Nurburgring 24 hours, the BMW, most of the BMWs weren't running Yokohama tyres. Right. Yes. Yes. So of they kind they of shot themselves in the foot in that way. Yes. Um, that's they did get a good result, of course, because the BMWs won the Nurburgring 24 qualification race, uh, and it was following that that the balance of performance was then adjusted. Right. Uh, and again, that would have been only, only adjusted for the N24 and not the VLN. Yes. So the performance is maintained for BMW in these uh, shorter races. Qualifying races. Is that six hours as well? Yes. Okay. So you actually get two six-hour races around the Nordschleife uh, in the course of the year. There was a time, of course, when the WEC used to come to the Nürburgring Ring as well for a six hours, but that was purely on the Grand Prix track. Uh, 99 BMW is in. Now, this is the rescheduled Rover Racing BMW, effectively, after it did a five-lap stint. And I'm going to guess that 33... I don't need to guess, because I remember it being 25 laps when Katzberg pitted. So that is an eight-lap stint. Absolutely right. So... Uh, Whatever the problem was for Katzberg, and uh, you have to read your magazines, probably have to buy out of the motor which you to find out, uh, which has great coverage um, of the VLN. And uh, as I say, that's uh, not going to be. Well, it might actually just get to the flag. This is going to be the problem of uh, 42 laps versus uh, six hours, because they're going to get to six hours uh, easy enough from here but it's going to be very tight indeed, uh, depending on where they are on the number of laps to be completed. So Nicky Katzberg uh, stays behind the wheel of the number 99 car, Philip Eng having uh, more than done his share. The gap we also need to be monitoring is that between first and second, because once again, Hubert Haupt hasn't lapped as quickly on that last lap as the cars behind him. So Frank Stippler maintaining second place in the race and is now only four and a half seconds behind Hubert Haupt. So looks to me like Hubert Haupt doesn't quite have the pace either of Frank Stippler or of Mario Engel. I wonder if the uh, Audi and Mercedes are actually working together because they're certainly being able to close up on the uh, leading Black Falcon Mercedes. Meanwhile, in behind, a great battle going on for what is fifth place between Martin Ragginger in the Falcon Porsche and the Vulcan Horse Motorsport. This is the PlayStation car uh, number 34, um, which is now right behind it. And that's uh, Christian Krogness in the, as I say, the dark PlayStation car number 34. Those two will be crossing the line absolutely together once they get out of the Tiergarten slow zone. Yeah, so that's going to be very entertaining to watch. They are tucked in behind a BMW, but get going now. BMW from one of the V-classes by the looks of things. But yes, uh, BMW driven by Krognes is almost disappearing behind the Ragginger Porsche because the silhouette of the BMW is eclipsed by the Porsche, albeit briefly, and then as they turn right... You see how much of a bigger car the M6 is, but still eminently manoeuvrable. And through the Mercedes arena, it needs to be on its heels here, on its, uh, yeah, on its uh, heels through the left-hand, the double left-hander at the Mercedes arena, and out of the right-hander 
of that section of track. So shadowing the Porsche's every move. No opportunity to get by yet because there's this good defensive driving from Martin Raginger, another Aus Austrian driver with Christian Krognes tucked in behind. Krognes, a former winner of the Spa 24 Hours. That happened last year. And the Norwegian driver from Haymar, 29 years old, looking for the next opportunity then to give him a place that would put him into the top five as we speak maybe actually top four because Katzberg pitted just ahead of them and has rejoined probably behind depends how long the pit stop was actually it was two and a half minutes back to Rackinger so wait and see the order that those cars go through that actually both of them have reached the end of sector one before Katzberg does so yes they have now slotted into uh, fourth and fifth yes exactly Rackinger and Krogmans would both get past Katzberg uh, Klingman probably not because he's a further minute and a half behind so he'll be 30 seconds ahead of uh, Klingman once the uh, uh, pit stops unwind themselves and just looking down now with less than an hour to go uh, we might not get to that 42 laps that I was suggesting we might have done because of the uh, various slow zones that we've had on the circuit in addition to the dampness at the beginning of the race it looks like it might only be hitting 41 laps which is very good news indeed for the Rover uh, Motorsport entered BMW that Nicky Katzberg has just refuelled because he should now be able to get to the chequered flag uh, whenever the race leader crosses the line so that should work out for him wondering whether there may be some concerns further concerns for the number 23 get speed performance mercedes or possibly another one of the get speed cars but i think we're just down to the one runner that's, now because the two car yeah. didn't start uh, but uh, the yes, reason your concern is well just that it had been spotted at floodplatz we think stationary at one point now whether that was another spin for John Schofner, I don't know, but I think it was the get speed car that was the affected machine. There's also some word that, and it might be worth checking the ticker about this, the 694 Racing Cup car possibly involved in that sort of area as well. 694, the Team Arvius Org Rensport M240i Racing Cup car. And at the moment on the sector times would still be that we've got a clear racetrack because about 6.94 on the ticker okay and just checking the, la the lap times we've got 107 through the first sector that's very good 1 minute 15 through the second sector which would be the Flugblatt sector 115 111 113 that's also very good as well so maybe it was just a, an issue that was quickly dealt with. Uh, difficult to tell. It might have even been some footage from a, a little while ago in the race as well being replayed. See, I can tell you is the 36 Falcon Horse BMW is out of the race, unfortunately, um, following uh, contact with the barriers. It's a car that was in trouble earlier on, so the 36... Uh, BMW was down in 22nd place. He's now out of the race, though. Having said we've got a clear racetrack, there's now a purple flashing at the top of my screen. So that is for a slow zone at Tiergarten, which it appears has not yet 
been recovered. Ah, yes, it tells me down there as well, that's good. So three slow zones in, in place, in fact. And that's later on in the lap, because as I say, the first two sector times look very good. A three minutes, ten for Hubert out through sector four looks fine as well. So maybe it is that second sector that is still the affected area. Kittlebacker-Hoare is early in the lap. That's the... Just, after just, the just before Flugplatz, isn't it? So yeah. that would tally with these issues at Flugplatz. Maybe we're going to get some news to come then on the ticker. 6.94. Just come in. There it, it is. is. Uh, yeah, so an accident in the Flugplatz area for the Evans and Hull-driven... M 24i Racing Cup BMW and that is in the Flugblatt sort of area so you're going quite fast if you're going to have an accident there I would say indeed yes uh, um, but it's quite a long uh, period of code 60 Cameron Evans and Chandler Hull the uh, two American drivers of uh, another of the Arvia Zorg, Arvia sponsored Zorg Rensport entered um, 240i racing cup cars uh, still the slow zone at the end of the lap as well to deal with the uh, tyre wall repair pretty sure the BMW that uh, has caused those issues has actually been recovered now so at least the vehicle's gone but the drama that was left behind by Torsten Kratz is still being dealt with, i.e. the dishevelled tyre barrier. And into the pits comes both the leader and, I was going to say, the second-place car, now being shown as third-place car, but it crossed the line uh, in third place. Um, but it was a second-place car, number five, Frank Stippler. So Black Falcon Mercedes and Phoenix Audi, both in the pits, will get one more lap, therefore, uh, and it'll be a crucial extra lap for Maro Engel because I reckon that when he does come in at the end of this lap he'll be able to get out ahead of both the Black Falcon Mercedes and the uh, Audi not through any fault of the mechanics if you can see the screen they're just standing around well it's not their fault they're standing around it's the regulations that uh, give them this minimum pit stop time and uh, they have to work out how long the car can uh, has to be stationary in the pits but it should be the same um for both Hubert Haupt will stay behind the wheel of the Black Falcon Mercedes number 16 and for I'm guessing Frank Stippler has stayed behind the wheel of the Phoenix yeah, Audi. Yeah, I would imagine he is. Yeah. Means that Vincent Cole has only done one stint but uh, nothing wrong with that. Uh, and then those two cars will be on their way but they will both be on their way before Nicky Capsberg arrives on the scene in the Rover Racing BMW. And when they do get going again then they'll be able to get to the chequered flag uh, without a further stop or if they do have to stop again then uh, that will be because of a problem but, uh, looking good then for Black Falcon but looking good for the 6 rather than the 16 and yes. uh, in terms of the speed trophy championship uh, it is the 6 car the six car which is the one that uh, is the better place in the championship uh, the Porsche versus BMW battle continues very much as it did do uh, 
as the cars disappeared off into the main bulk of that lap on the Nordschleife, i.e. Rackinger versus Krognes, uh, still incredibly alive as it came down the long straight at the Dottinger Hoor. The problem was then Krognes was, in a sense, unsighted because he was so tightly bunched in behind the Porsche, didn't, well, ran the risk of not seeing the yellow flags that were being displayed by the marshals to warn everybody to slow down ahead of the tyre uh, bail repair that continues at Hohenrein and nearly ran into the back of the Rackinger Porsche as Rackinger got out of the throttle and was slowing down, being prepared to stop, as you should be in a yellow flag zone. So no overtaking. Krognes didn't even start to overlap. He did uh, spectacularly well to slow the car sufficiently before they started to overlap. And Rackinger, at the end of that, will pit, as will Krognes. So we've got another fight on our hands on the pit road as the two cars come in separated by just one and a half seconds and with the same amount of time for each of them to the end of the race i.e. 49 minutes and 30 seconds it will be exactly the same length of pit stop for these two cars so all down to the teams even if they do have a little fumble it should all be mopped up inside the regulatory pit stop time which is uh, adjusting constantly depending on whether there are 49 minutes to the end of the race or, as there are in five seconds' time, 48 minutes <laughs> to the end of the race. And I presume it's all, it's all down to... Oh, and that's OK. It's, I think that's a frozen shot rather than the 16 car stopped at the Hatzenbach because I'd seen that car safely onto the next bit of the circuit and indeed it is still running. Um, I presume it's whatever the minute starts with so it doesn't matter what the yes. change is it's just so 48 minutes and 59 seconds is the same as 48 minutes correct. zero zero correct okay uh, but they both came in the Rackinger and the Krogner's cars within the 40 well 49 to go wasn't it 49 to, yeah but sort of within the 50th minute to go so if you like uh, two minutes and 30 seconds for their pit stop okay whereas uh maro engel who is still out will be coming in at the end of this lap with uh, around about 20 seconds less uh, time to stop than uh, the two cars ahead of him so once those two get going again uh, maro engel will be in and as i say in theory if all else uh, remains equal should be taking over the lead of the race and will also, just doing some sums very quickly, uh, be taking over the lead of the uh, Rover Speed Trophy, uh, which is the championship, if you will, for teams based on overall positions. Um, it's kind of of all the different uh, championships, and there are many within the uh, VLN, the two that are kind of most sought after are the uh, drivers overall, um, which is where you get the uh, number one for next year from, uh, and the speed trophy, which is for the best team of the year based on results for the individual car. It doesn't actually matter who drives it, as long as it's the number six, uh, or the 16, or the five, it's that that carries the points. Yep. Number nine, Phoenix Racing Audi, now being driven by Michele Beretta, heading through the right-hander of the Mercedes Arena, well over the white line there, but people seem to be getting away with that more often than not. It is an extension of the track rather than the... Well, it's not technically an extension of the track because you are over the white line, but it's, it's a slightly grey area because it is where the, the Nürburgring 24-hour 
iteration of the track rejoins the Mercedes Arena effectively so there is a bit of extra asphalt out there however the Mercedes Arena has its own solid white light I almost just wonder whether the officials turn a bit of a blind eye to that particular exit because it is still fairly safe to go out there the track is designed for cars to be running on that bit of the circuit unlike uh, some high-speed bits of runoff which can be utilized as part of the track when uh, there are tire walls and concrete barriers very close by down the hill goes the number 16 race leader Adam Christodoulou past the village of Brightshine and now up through Exmuller heading towards the right-hander then at Bergwerk and then the track just climbs all the way through Kesselschen and the corners at Klostertal the carousel and Hoerakt at the top of the hill 917 has been a regular class leader through the course of this season and finds itself at the sharp end of Cup 3 once again so this is the Reimer driven car Kai Reimer back at the wheel I'm feeling Kai actually started the race for the Schmickler performance crew and change of driver in both of those cars that pitted on the last lap uh, Johnny Vincent Kolb has taken over the Phoenix Racing Audi despite the fact that we said that uh, Frank Schindler would stay behind the wheel uh, and Adam Christodoulou has taken back uh, from Hubert Haupt so that was only a single stint for uh, Haupt at the wheel of the Black Falcon Mercedes Christodoulou uh, obviously um, in trouble for having texted me during uh, the race. Um, they've said, well, you can't text when you're in the car, so we'll put you back in the car, Adam. Mm. So, uh, Chris Sadulu back in the car, uh, and at the moment, then, it's going to be uh, the battle between him and what's going to happen in the number six, then? Is that going to go back to uh, Patrick Assenheimer? I hardly think so. I think Mario Engel. Uh, so, we're going to have Chris Sadulu against Engel, uh, which is what we had at the beginning of the race as well, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, Adam Christodoulou against Mario Engel for the first couple of stints um, and having put uh, Mario Engel back in the car I thought we'd keep Hubert Haupt uh, behind the wheel but uh, Adam Christodoulou has uh, marked his card and we're going to have him going through and are we going to have Mario Engel into the pits? Yes we are so into the pits with 44 seconds remaining and that means that for Mario Engel, the pit stop time will be 140, will be 2 minutes and 2 minutes and 20 seconds. So, Mario uh, Engel, that's right, should be able to get out before Christodoulou can uh, do a full lap. But, uh, see how that one uh, pans out at the end well no great hurry as you would expect because they know that they can do all four tyres being changed no driver uh, change necessary uh, but the fuel needs to go in but uh, this is certainly not a hard pushed pit crew doing the change <laughs> Uh, because they just know they've got so much time that uh, will tick by at the end of the lap. I mean, the last thing you want is a wheel gun to go down, something like that, but um, uh, very oh, gingerly by approached. By far the longest portion of the stop is the fuel going in. Yeah. Uh, all the other activity that uh, goes on can be done uh, relatively relaxed, and it can be done whilst the fuel is going in. Um, what they don't like you doing is lifting the car up on the jacks 
and then putting it down again whilst the fuel is going in. But uh, as long as you lift the car up onto its jacks whilst the fuel is going in, and uh, the guy holding the fuel hose allows the uh, mechanics changing the wheels to dive underneath, they'll be putting around about 100 litres in, I would think, maybe just under uh, 100 to get it to the flag. 45 minutes, yeah, that'll only take about uh, 80 or 90 litres, I would think, to get it to the end. And then once the fueling is done, the jacks will be taken away. And where is Adam Christodoulou going to reappear? Of course, yellow flags are going to be uh, coming into sight at the Tiergarten, which is going to slow down Christodoulou. True. But uh, Mauro Engel would have been in that situation as well uh, a little while ago. But away goes Engel now and wastes absolutely no time in rocketing the car then into the fast lane. 16, still caught up in the caution area and only now just accelerating out of Tiergarten and Hohenrein. So this is going to be a race lead of about the whole of the start-finish straight, Paul. Yeah, it's going to be about 20, 25 seconds, isn't it? And, uh, well, Adam Christodoulou against Mauro Engel. Um, well, they've got an hour or two, uh, 45 minutes to go at it. Um, uh, we'll see what happens but very much Black Falcon having uh, put themselves in the dominating position Christodoulou having come through some 20 seconds himself clear of Vincent Kolb in the Phoenix Racing Audi so uh, though the, the Phoenix Racing Audi was very close to Christodoulou uh, at the beginning of the lap so uh, Adam has managed to put in a much faster lap on that out lap um, and open up a very comfortable margin between himself and Vincent Kolb so that's the battle for the top three podium positions. Everybody else is more than two minutes behind and uh, interesting to see who's going to come through next up. It is going to be the 99 Rover Racing BMW uh, and he is half a minute behind Vincent Kolb. This is every credit though to Patrick Assenheimer who is the only other driver uh, down for the number six machine. He's done a couple of stints and was significantly faster than Vincent Kolb, who he was up against in the early stages. It was then Assenheimer versus Frank Stippler in the Audi, whereas the other Mercedes crew, Black Falcon, were working through their three different drivers. Bearing in mind, you've got two golds and a former gold, now a silver, Hubert Hout is their driving lineup. So Christodoulou, gold, uh, Lucas Stoltz likewise, and Hubert Hout always was a gold, but now he's reached the age of 50. Uh, has dropped back to silver but Assenheimer um, 27 years old and he is where the race has pivoted for me Maro Engel we know about his times and just the relentless pace that he can offer his decisiveness through traffic as well I know it's not over just yet and we've still got 40 minutes to go but uh, Black Falcon number 6 in this position courtesy of a, a cracking duo Yellow flags now being waved still at Flugplatz then, the double-waved yellows. Code 60 may have been... No, it's still in place because the, 60, the 16 car is already down to 60 kph then and now heading by the coned-off area, which is probably in place again for barrier repair. And that is the exit of Flugplatz and heading towards Schwedenkreuz, but where the right-hander becomes a left-hander... Uh, significantly narrower is that portion of track onto the newly resurfaced bit. 
Yeah, it's a bit like um, traffic calming bollards, isn't it? They narrow the track so it's just about the same width as your car uh, in order to slow you down and make sure that uh, you do stick to the 60 kilometre per hour speed limit through the road uh, through the roadwork through the uh, incident zone. And at Hohenheim, ah, the wind is still being recovered. In fact, so. Maybe the barrier repairs have actually been sorted out now. Uh, pretty sure the BMW made contact with the tyre bales rather than the Armco barrier because it is bare Armco just before you reach the red and white tyres there, covered by or protected by a, uh, a, a large rubber strip as well to ensure that the tyre bales remain intact if they are struck. Down towards turn one goes Martin Raginger in the number. Not Martin Rankin, Klaus Backler in the number four Porsche. Backler taking over during the last stop, and he is ahead of Christian Krognes then. They came in together, remember? The pit stops will have been near identical, but this time Backler may be looking like he's a little bit quicker than Krognes because the gap's being opened up to about six or seven car lengths. Yes, that's uh, being shown as being the battle for sixth place. Uh, I'm just wondering if it's going to turn into the battle for fifth place at some point um, because yeah, they were battling for fifth before um, and they will end up being ahead of the Jens Klingman uh, Falcon BMW um, so that, as I say, is uh, a battle not for a podium position but uh, I think for fifth and sixth places uh, when the rest of the pit stops uh, fall out the Pro-Am leader in the pits now as well that's the number 9 Phoenix Racing Audi of Beretta uh, in the pits at the moment and then with John Schofner uh, back at the wheel still at the wheel of the number 23 Mercedes that car to see 23 also have another pit stop to make before the end of the race uh, yes, he does. So uh, Beretta in for what will be his final pit stop, and that could well be uh, handing the car back to Yen Jans. Joe um, Mullen had, uh, had someone who already had his uh, turn behind the wheel, just one stint. Audi number nine ready to go from Phoenix Racing. Phoenix. Uh, uh, a long-time customer team of Audi Motorsport, Audi Sport. And that gets rolling again, just behind the alternatively fuelled Ford Mustang. Uh, I'm assuming you've mentioned the fact that it's, it's actually been some cold now for the final stint for the number yes. five car, you did say Yes, that. we did yeah, that because sure we, uh, we had driver changes in both the cars we expected to... Uh, Stick with them. Um, to stick, stick with, with their the existing drivers. drivers. So yeah. uh, Vincent Cole took over from Frank Stippler and Mr. took over from Cuban Hout. Yes, but we didn't get the change back to uh, Asenheimer for the number six car, which might have happened, I suppose. But Maro didn't Engel, really expect either. No, I know, indeed. But I just want to. Uh, Asenheimer did a, a longer. He did a, a double rather than Kolb single, didn't he? So yeah. he's already done a fair amount of time whereas Kolb's doing his second stint of the race at the end, which is an interesting decision from Phoenix. I mean, it, it depends what their priority is as well. Are they trying to get Vincent Kolb uh, some more, more drive time? It is only a two-driver effort, remember? 
So Kolb and Stippler, and maybe that was Vincent's decision or the team's decision to give him more track time. But unfortunately, I think it's going to see that car now just drop away compared to Engel and Christodoulou's pace. And the next challenge for Nick Katzberg is whether that BMW can sneak onto the podium with another 34 and a bit minutes to go. Got 30 seconds to try and find on Cole. I, I was going to say, I would have said it was unlikely, but uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. There is only 30 seconds between the uh, BMW and the Audi, um, and almost certainly going to be a Mercedes 1 2. Um, I suppose maybe the pattern for the Phoenix team may have been doubles from Stippler and a single from Cole, because they did uh, a single double stint at the beginning of the race for Stippler then Kolb took over for a single they then had another double stint from uh, Stippler and now Kolb has taken over once again I have a funny feeling the SP10 leader is in strife with a puncture on the rear left corner I want to say there was a bit of maybe bodywork or if not stray rubber falling off the number 162 Black Falcon Team Identica Mercedes need to get a full ID on that car but it has now tumbled down to 5th position I notice in SP10 yeah, just being uh, overtaken on the Dottingahoa by Adam Christodoulou uh, on board shots from his car revealing a slow moving car on the right hand side of the track keeping well out of the way but uh, very bad news indeed for the uh, class leading car the fourth sector took 8 minutes 27 seconds for car 162 so he's been uh, trundling around on that puncture for quite a long time he has uh, going down well the, the actually the, the, the middle sector was pretty slow as well that was almost a minute slower than it should have been so maybe half a lap for uh, Tobias Muller having to nurse that car back to the pit lane and that's horrendous luck SP10 has had so many different leaders this afternoon and Eichenberg back to the fore now in the 181 car in the SP10 category Heiko Eichenberg who shares with Eric Johansson and the Team Arvia Zorg Rensport BMW the next car then most likely to win SP10 the margin that that car has over the second place machine is 28 seconds so depending on Eichenberg's pace compared to Norbert Tischer's 178 pace that could be enough the reason why I think 30 seconds for Vincent Kolb might not be enough is because Kolb is the silver and he's being chased by Nick Katzberg who briefly had the fastest lap of the race earlier on I say briefly because it was bettered almost immediately by Christine Krogner at the time. At the wheel of another BMW. Yes. Um, so Vincent Kolb has gone through in third place still. Uh, behind him, Nicky Katzberg took very nearly five seconds out of him on that lap. The gap is 26 seconds now. We've got five laps remaining. Um, do the maths for yourself. It's going to go very close between uh, Nicky Katzberg and Vincent Kolb if the rest of the uh, laps are the same as that last one were, was. If the rest of the laps are the same as that last one was. Um, so uh, we'll wait and see what uh, how that pans out. Meanwhile, Adam Christodoulou is making little road into Mauro Engel's lead. There's Mauro on his outlap on that lap 
um, but still has an advantage of 23 seconds but uh, still very close indeed with overall a minute and a quarter separating the top four in this race as into the pits now comes Jens Klingman in the Falcon Motorsports BMW so this is the final pit stop for the number three BMW and this will elevate that battle that we were talking about before between Klaus Backler and Christian Krogners, two very rapid drivers uh, that elevates that battle to be the battle for fifth place which is uh, what we were suggesting it would be you're tuned to the Radio Show Limited network of channels. This is the latest of nine VLN races for 2019. It's VLN 5 then, and this is the six-hour edition all the way through till six o'clock local time with Mercedes having the stranglehold at the moment. So Maro Engel versus Adam Christodoulou and... I think if they were neck and neck, I'd be more inclined to say that uh, Christodoulou had a chance. But at the moment, it's it's tricky. I mean, it needs traffic to condense that 23 seconds. Um, it, and it needs incidents like the one, for instance, well, at Flugplatz now. <laughs> Quite so. I mean, you only need the yellow flag and you can very easily lose 10 seconds. Yep. Uh, and you only need that to happen twice in the last half hour and you'll have a nose-to-tail battle. So, um, yeah, I'm not going to go home just yet, but uh, 23 seconds at the moment seems uh, good enough for Mauro Engel. Um, but we've got three battles in the top six, haven't we, really? Because we've got the uh, Mauro Engel against Adam Christodoulou uh, battle. We've got Christian... Uh, sorry, Vincent Kolb being caught by Nicky Katzberg uh, at a rate of knots. And uh, that seemed to be coming down enough on the previous lap to mean that they're going to be nose to tail by the end of it. Uh, and then you've got uh, Klaus Bachler with Christian Krogners not very far behind him, uh, not really far behind him, right on his uh, right on his boot lid, really. So uh, amongst the top six, as I say, we've got these three pairs uh, now battling it out. And uh, it's... Uh, well. That's completely unpredictable between them. Uh, as far as the class positions are concerned, Cup 2 fairly well um, sorted, although just having made his final pit stop is the car number 123, which leads the Porsche 911 GT3 Cup class. That's Alex Meese behind the wheel. In SP7, the number 66 car has come out on top after... Um, making it look like it wasn't going to be that car, but the 66 car, Thomas Kappeler, now leading in that class. Uh, in SP8T, the number 155 Black Falcon Mercedes is leading the way with uh, Reinhold Renger uh, behind the wheel of that car. And in the Cup 3 class, it's 917 that uh, is leading at the moment. And that is the... Uh, Schmickler performance uh, Porsche in the Cayman GT4 trophy class. Another little bit of a drama by the looks of things for one of the KTM crossbows. It came in, I think, with the hatch, which was starting to, uh, under braking, just lean forward to not the full 45 degree angle, but certainly to a 10 or 20 degree angle. So maybe some faulty catches on the clamshell uh, cockpit cover. So... 
I have a feeling that KTM Crossbow has done a lap on the Grand Prix, lap, uh, Grand Prix circuit and then sneaked into the uh, pit lane to have that addressed. It might be just a simple case of having it taped down so that it uh, isn't a problem from this point on. But the KTM Crossbows have been put through the mill over the last five and a bit hours because uh, one of them didn't even make the start of the race but then did subsequently rejoin from the pit lane and another one also with dramas uh, that needed to be rectified. Uh, relatively early on in the six-hour race. You're tuned to RS1 and RS3. This is VLN5 for 2019, marking the halfway point of the season. It's Johnny Palmer and Paul Trusswell taking you through then the final 30 minutes of this race around the Nordschleife. Maro Engel leading the way at the start of this lap by 23 seconds for the number six Auto Arena motorsport-backed Black Falcon Mercedes. Ahead of fellow Black Falcon runners, uh, Adam Christodoulou along with Hubert Haupt and Lucas Stoltz. But it's Christodoulou who's been put in to the number 16 Mercedes for this final stint. Third position is the Audi of Vincent Kolb. Arguably being caught all the time by Nick Katzberg for BMW, but five leading 99 for third and fourth. Fifth position is the number three BMW for Falcon Motorsports. In fact, two of their cars running fifth and sixth now, the BMW ahead of the Porsche. Seventh place is Christian Krognes in the number uh, 34, Vulcan Horse Motorsport M6. Then the SP9 Pro-Am leaders, Michele Beretta for Phoenix Racing, and Janine Hill back into the 23 Getsby performance car. Where white might those guys have been were it not for the John Schofner spin on hats and back shortly into his stint? And Alex Meese driving the number 123 Cup 2 Milner Motorsport Porsche is completing the top 10 currently and also leading Cup 2. Final pit stop from uh, the TCR class leader as well, car number 806 coming in for say what should be its final pit stop of the race until the racing car of Matthias Vasel and uh, he has a sufficiently large lead in the class that he should be able to uh, get the Cooper serviced and on its way again without losing the TCR class lead although he will lose position in the overall top 20 uh, which is pretty impressive for a TCR class car uh, <clears throat> and <coughs> by doing that he will uh, lose the lead to what is quite a close battle in SP10 um, one of the uh, closer run things that, uh, over the course of the race and uh, SP10 currently in the hands of the 181 Arvius or Wrenchwald BMW just ahead of the uh, car being in the ring racing car uh, those two just separated by 20 second, 24 seconds between those two at the moment between the uh, 181 and 178. David Griesner still leading the uh, Cup 5 division in car number 650. And the top three are fairly tightly bunched still, although, again, it's difficult to see an awful lot changing in the Cup 5 division. They occupy the same... Uh, or rather sequential positions on the timing and scoring screen 35th, 36th, 37th but in reality there's uh, three quarters of a minute between Griesner and Setsas 
So that is Sindra Setsas of Norway and then Nico Otto in the blue and black treble six BMW, third in cup five. Behind that, looking at more like a, a minute and 20 seconds back to the number 120. Uh, actually, there's a cup two car, beg your pardon. So the, cup, the three cup five leaders have very much stretched their legs ahead of everybody else in that class because Mark Eret is the next one down in 51st position overall when the top three in Cup 5 occupy the mid-30s. Yeah, and of course, uh, as far as Cup 5 is concerned, of course, the uh, championship leaders are merely going to extend the advantage that they have in Cup 5 um, and they're going to extend it um, to what is probably going to be a change because the car that, or the drivers who were in second place in the championship were the drivers of that 706 BMW that we saw up against the wall at Tiergarten a little while ago, uh, Torsten Kratz's car. Uh, they were in second place in the championship, so it looks like they might have lost that uh, place, or uh, they certainly will have lost it after uh, this uh, race to uh, the 444. Uh, car, which is currently in the lead of V5, uh, and that's Norbert Fischer and Oscar Zandberg sharing with Daniel Tilts, um, and they will be able to take over second place in the Drivers' Championship, I reckon, as a result of uh, clawing back. They need to claw back half a point, which uh, doesn't sound a lot, but the way the points are hmm. scored in uh, the BLN um, Drivers' Championship means that calling that half a point isn't always that easy but they should be able to do it uh, and therefore they will take over second place in the drivers championship still very slow for those cars now heading towards Flugplatz with a Porsche being recovered on the left side of the second element of Flugplatz it's a double right hander named after the nearby airfield and very dusty offline, I notice, for KTM Crossbow, I think, just jinking uh, to the side of a Porsche Cayman to do some lappery out of the yellow flags, and that kicked up an awful lot of debris. So much tyre pickup as well on the main straight of the Dottinger Hur, and no doubt a fair chunk of it on the start-finish straight as well. That's where the rubber that's been worn away through the corners is then flung off at high speed, so you get great globules of tyre pickup of different manufacturers as well, Michelin, Dunlop, Yokohama and many others too. But now arriving at Tiergarten is the number uh, three BMW and also a really good battle between four and 34, Klaus Backler and Christian Krognes. So Raggingham may well have changed to Battler, but it's uh, action replay as far as this is concerned. Yeah, we were looking at the wrong Falcon car for a while, because uh, that was embroiled in a battle with a Lamborghini that was a lap behind. This is the uh, Falcon car that we are interested in, that's the uh, Porsche, uh, as you say, with Klaus Battler uh, having to go one side of a back marker, and Christian Krogner's going up the inside of another back marker, and you do see how much bigger the BMW is than the Porsche, don't you, as they go through there. Um, uh, but as they went through the left-hander onto the Haxenbach so Christian Krogner's dived past Klaus Bachner and uh, has taken fifth place so that's a change of position with 20 minutes of the race still to go meanwhile the race leader is over at the carousel somewhere in sector four and on the Dottinger Hoa is who's that that's the gets the 
different side. The other Phoenix Audi, yeah. It's the other Phoenix Audi, yeah, which is uh, the leader of the Pro-Am category, isn't it? The, uh, Another car that's had a late driver change with Nico Moller-Madsen getting back behind the wheel of that car for the final stint. Which, uh, that car was in the hands previously of uh, it was Beretta, wasn't it, that was driving that car. Um, and Moller-Madsen then taking it over for the final stint. Steve Yans, who uh, started the car, has obviously gone home early because he's uh, uh, do- drove the first two since and hasn't been seen in the car since. A bit like Philip Eng, really. Get all the work done nice and early and then you can be home for tea. That's um, what Chris Dooley thought it was going to happen. Probably, yes. So the BMW that uh, has affected the fight for uh, fifth position was uh, one of those all-white, blink-and-you'll-miss-them type BMWs, possibly from one of the V classes but it was going about its business very quietly and unassumingly and all of a sudden two GT3 cars landed upon it and uh, Backler had a decision to make do I go left do I go right and whichever uh, the Porsche whichever way the Porsche was going to go I think the BMW was going to go the other way just to ensure it had a slightly different route into the handsome back but all it did was leave Klaus Backler fully exposed he couldn't cut back across the line to defend from the BMW and Krognes with the inside line into the handsome back took the place so a good bit of driving there using the traffic for the Norwegian and he now is up to fifth place which should actually turn into fourth by the time that Nick Katzberg has pitted for what we think will be a necessary right. splash. Yeah, I don't think he will, in fact. That would have taken him on to 42 laps, but because we've had so many yellow zones, uh, we're going to be stuck on 41 laps, okay. which is going to allow uh, the 99 car to get to the flag. And so the 99 car, Mickey Katzberg, can concentrate fully on closing the gap between himself and Vincent Kolb, yep. which was 26 seconds, now down to 17 seconds. And... Uh, he was 8.8 seconds quicker than uh, Vincent Kolb was so at this rate um, he's going to be able to do it with a lap to spare so look out for the number 99 car closing in on the number 5 Phoenix Racing Audi which looked pretty good for a podium position but now coming under a lot of pressure in these closing stages John Yep, so that's a genuine fight, we reckon. And, uh, I mean, even if Katzberg had to come in for a splash, it would be as quick as they could do it because uh, there'd only be a handful of minutes to the end of the race. But uh, maybe that will not be necessary. 16 minutes to go. And that now puts 38 laps into the book for Mercedes number 6, the car that is shared between current driver Mauro Engel and Patrick Assenheimer, whereas the... Other Black Falcon Mercedes has three drivers to its name. Krista Dulu currently in the seat versus Maro Engel, uh, not Maro Engel, uh, man, um, Hubert Haupt and Lucas Stoltz. So we've had a fairly decent stint, a double, I seem to remember, from Stoltz immediately after Krista Dulu. Then Hubert Haupt finally got his turn and Krista Dulu in, in to the end of this race then. 38 laps done you reckon just a further three then um, to this point I suppose that's all the time allowed maybe only two actually the yes. way we're going um, well it also then depends on whether Maro Engel can wind his pace back again a little 
Uh, does he want to start playing dangerous games like that with just 30 seconds in hand? We'll wait and well, see. Well, exactly so, because it is only going to be around 30 seconds to <laughs> uh, after six hours with eight and a half minutes the rough lap time. The last lap time, we've still got uh, yellow flag zones, code 60 zones um, in the first part of the lap. I'd say the first, the first sector, but it's the uh, sector two um, between Kvidlbakahoa uh, and Flugplatz. So that is slowing the lap times down to eight and a half minutes. Eight minutes 38 was the last lap time. Uh, by Maro Engel the gap between him and Christa Dulu is still going up if anything to 30 seconds uh, the gap between Nicky Katzberg and Vincent Kolb has come down to 11 seconds uh, and even with two laps that's still doable five seconds was gained again on that last lap waiting for the fifth place battle to come through at the end of lap 38 is still the battle between Christian Krogner's and Klaus Bachler. We think Krogner's ahead of Bachler. They're still in sector four, those two, coming into the uh, Schwalbenschwanz at the moment. But you're right, uh, lap time's about 30 seconds slower than they could be. Well, we've had an 8.02, haven't we? So let's say good speed is 8.10 8.15 maybe as a consistent sort of race pace and yeah last time around we had an 8.38 from the race leader an 8.42 for the second place car 8.49 for the third place Audi uh, but five seconds chiselled out again by Nick Katzberg on Vincent Kolb so that gap is now down to just 11.9 seconds let's see in what order they go through the second sector split as unfortunately the Ferrari number 139, the Ferrari 458 uh, is having to come into the pits having only completed uh, the Grand Prix lap, so coming in via the back door if you will It's like a uh, problem towards the end of the race for that car um, Yes, I just doing quick sums it depends on whether these yellow flags are going to remain in place to the end of the race or whether they're going to get uh, um, we're going to get to a green track before the end of the race as to whether we get onto the extra lap or not. Otherwise, uh, we're going to be down to 40 laps, which means that uh, Nicky Katzberg's job is going to be harder, closing in on uh, Vincent Kolb. There now goes through Christian Krogner's ahead of Klaus Buckler, and he's up to 3.9 seconds ahead. So uh, it was a good lap for for Christian Krogner, he got himself ahead of the Falcon Porsche at the beginning of the Nordschleife loop as they went into the Hatzenbach and then was able to open up uh, nearly four seconds uh, on the Porsche over the course of that lap. So Mercedes 1-2, Audi in third but being closed on by BMW fourth, fifth is another BMW, Porsche sixth, BMW seventh and another Audi in eighth place. You say about Katzberg getting that gap down which stood at 12 seconds at the start of the lap well he's already halved it after just two second sectors so it's going the right way for the Dutchman versus Vincent Kolb fluid dripping from the uh, number 139 Ferrari I'm afraid to say and they look like crucial life fluids for the uh, the racing one Ferrari 
Uh, yeah, I think you would have leave that where it is. That uh, little cup that somebody's going at isn't going to be enough to uh, uh, look after that one. Um, sadly for this, uh, I don't know, this, this race is so dominated by German marks. It's always sad when you see uh, one mm. of the non-German marks um, not uh, or having problems towards the end. Lamborghini uh, number twenty, number twenty, the uh, Frank Pereira-driven car. Uh, currently the best non-German mark in 10th place, car number 20 at the moment. Uh, and he is just off the lead lap. So uh, currently eight cars being shown on the lead lap at the moment. After six hours of racing, waiting for the race leaders to come back into sight and start finish. Although we're still in sector four for the race leading car, Amaro Engel. And the other Lamborghini that uh, did start the race, the Conrad Motorsport SP9 Pro entry, is still in the pits. 30 laps down now on the race leader after it had contact to the front of that car, which popped the radiator. And on that occasion, it was coolant pouring out of the Lamborghini. For the Ferrari, that looks like oil directly from the engine. So, yes, as Paul says, better just to turn that thing off not do any further damage uh, a time penalty for Nicky Katzberg this is a disaster for that car they were charging for third place but they've been given a time penalty I don't know what for uh, I'll look back uh, for any particular reason I can only imagine it's for a yellow flag or a code 60 offence but 35 seconds of time penalty for the 99 Nicky Katzberg BMW so the Rover racing car being penalised in the Rover Racing Race, which is uh, unfortunate. Um, This race being uh, supported, sponsored by uh, Rover. It is the Rover Six Hours. Maybe that is an error into a Code 60 or a yellow flag area in an effort to try and reel in the car up ahead, but with just nine minutes to go, any hopes of uh, Katzberg getting in front and then building a lead of 35 seconds I think have just about gone now Um, I do think that Katzberg can still make the overtake on the road and then it's going to be interesting to see how much further ahead he can get but we've now got 8 minutes 50 8 minutes 50 on the clock and the cars have not even appeared at the end of sector 4 yet so this will be the penultimate lap. They are there now at the start of the Dottinger Hoor. Yeah, I think there's been another slow zone put into place, Johnny, uh, halfway round the lap at Hoor. Ah, oh, she's pretty much halfway round the lap. And uh, that's what slowed the pace still further. And uh, as you say, that's going to uh, limit us to 40 laps in total. We're currently on the 39th. Yep. So in a moment or two, Maro Engel will cross the line he is he did have a 30 second lead and there's no indication that that has been uh, chiseled away at all in fact it's been opened up through the second second sector by five seconds and a further six seconds in the long sector three time so this is going to be possibly a 40 second lead now or more for Maro Engel over Adam Christodoulou yeah, and uh, one has to say that uh, must be due to the way that the uh, yellow flag zones have played out. But uh, yeah. say that can uh, gain you time just as much as it can lose you time. So who's to say what's going to happen on this? But what is certain is that this is going to be the last lap of the race. 
uh, a late pit stop for the 966 uh, Cup 3 car, which was the third place car in Cup 3. Uh, gets going again, I suspect. Yes, he will get going again before the Teichmann Racing Car 960 uh, gets through to threaten that place. So uh, 966 should stay. Uh, this is the Team Matol Racing Porsche in the uh, Cup 3 Cayman class. Uh, should stay in third place through that last pit stop. So uh, what's the gap, I wonder, between Vincent Kolb and Nicky Katzberg? We know that... Uh, most likely scenario is that Kolb uh, will finish in third position now regardless of whether Katzberg overtakes him on the road or not because the 35 second penalty that Katzberg has incurred or at least the number 99 car has been assessed uh, will reverse the positions even if the Dutchman can get ahead of the young uh, 24 year old silver rated driver due across the line relatively soon yeah any minute now I reckon because in fact just come across the line Yes, and separated by 4.2 seconds. So it's come down from, uh, what did you say it was? It was 26 seconds, I think, at the, uh, with, we reckoned, about five laps to go. Okay. So yes, it, and it was 12 seconds at the start of that lap. So he's actually found eight seconds on a single lap as uh, Katzberg. But a right old job on his hands now to pull off an overtake and then push on uh, with one more lap to go. So Kolb threading his way through some back markers into the slowing area for the cut through and the Rover Racing BMW is exiting that part of the corner now so Katzberg has almost got Kolb in his sights I just wonder whether the team have communicated the details of the penalty to him uh, and sort of said to Nick Katzberg don't don't uh, you know, sort of push yourself too hard towards the end of this race, risk a non-finish because you're going to be put behind the Audi anyway Uh, problem in the the TCR class, second place car in TCR uh, a problem for the number 819 um, which has uh, stopped out on the circuit with a uh, technical problem of some sort, so moving up into second place in the TCR class is now the car number 801 uh, which is the Audi RS3 of uh, Atla Gulbrands a team full of uh, Norwegian drivers and uh, so that car uh, takes over second place in the class from the Max Cruiser Racing BMW uh, Max Cruiser Racing BW Golf number 819 that uh, was second in TCR car that had a late pit stop but I think this is just a scheduled pit stop he was always going to be uh, running short of fuel number 695 in Cup 5 for a moment was the leading car in Cup 5 the BMW M240i Racing Cup was ahead of the 650 car um, but that's only as a result of the way the pit stops have panned out so um, it will lose the lead which it only had for a moment and hand the lead back to the uh, class lead to the car that was leading the class most of the way, the car number 650 in the BMW Cup uh, and that will hand what is potentially a full hatful of points to David Griesner and Yannick Fubrich in the Cup 5 class 32nd place overall they will inherit 
Frank Pereira heading down the Dottinger Hur now in car number 20, which is eighth position in SP9 Pro, the sole surviving Lamborghini Huracan. And this car will have one more lap to do when it gets to the end of this one. Unlike the race leader, Maro Engel, who is already into the fourth and longest sector, and still a bit of a trouble spot as far as clearing up his concerns for various incidents. Uh, the 66 and 57 cars then in SP7 just separated by less than a minute in Cup 3 just outside the top 10 it is the 917 Schmickler Performance 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport that leads Moritz Krantz in the 7 in the 979 Mulder Motorsport entered car Team Mattols Cayman 3rd with Hendrik Still and they have all got period between them 18 and a half seconds and then the best part of a minute back to third place from second just two and a half minutes to go till six o'clock and I reckon that Morrow Engel has just gone through the carousel so uh, it uh, so it's inevitable that this will be the last lap you won't be able to get back from the carousel to the start finish line in that remaining um, two minutes and Adam Christodoulou still about half a minute uh, or more uh, adrift. And Adam just looks a little bit more even on this lap. Um, meanwhile, uh, Nicky Katzberg is still giving it everything that he's got, uh, penalty or not, to try and uh, catch uh, Vincent Cole on this last lap. I think it's all going to be in vain. So if you always argue penalties later and if you, at least you finish ahead then you can argue the penalty if you haven't finished ahead then there's no point yeah it's, it's very true and uh, well, 159.8 compared to a 202.5 so that's a good chunk of the 4.2 seconds found again by the Dutchman this is going to be very very tight and remember that the yellow flags that were in place at Tiergarten not too long ago have now been Withdrawn, so an overtake is possible into the chicane at the end of the lap after maybe a little bit of slipstreaming. Let's wait and see. The race leaders are about to, <coughs> excuse me, race leaders are about to start the run down the Dottinger Hur then after this lengthy fourth sector. That takes them 50 odd seconds to get to the line. However, we are now at a minute to go till the hour of six o'clock we know that the race started pretty much bang on time uh, the second place car 40 seconds adrift from Maro Engel is now at the ice curve just after Brunchen yes uh, so Adam Christodoulou has uh, <coughs> given it a good fight but hasn't been able to uh, close the gap on uh, Maro Engel but uh, it's going to be an absolute dream weekend for Black Falcon uh, with a 1-2 in the overall positions uh, not going to get a win in SP7 I don't think because I think they're going to finish in second place uh, in SP7 and in SP10 their cars finished quite a long way down in fact in fifth place um, for the Team Identica Black Falcon car but uh, nevertheless everyone managing to get to the end of the race for the Black Falcon team start of the race now just seems like a distant memory with rain pounding down and visibility at a premium qualifying was held in those conditions as well uh, but uh, just like any other day really at the Nürburgring Nordschleife you don't have to wait too long for the weather to change and it has turned out to be a beautiful 
summer's evening now slowing dramatically is the Mercedes and was that because of a late yellow flag there was, was double displayed. yellow flags being displayed there right and, uh, one other car decided he wanted to come past and it's huh. giving himself an extra lap of the Nord drive because um, whether you think oh, that's an extra lap I can drive or not but anyway the checkered flag is out Johnny it is and it's back-to-back victories for the number six uh, Black Falcon Mercedes then when uh, Patrick Assenheimer and Maro Engel take victory just uh, a few weeks on from Assenheimer together with Manuel Metzger winning VLN 4 so they've proved that it is possible for those guys to do it in both the 4 and the 6 hour format and now the question is which order are we going to get third place in no question about second position Adam Christodoulou almost showing signs of easing off a little bit towards the end of this lap although uh, sector times on two separate occasions were quicker than the race winner Maro Engel in the end so he was still pushing pretty hard towards the finish was Adam Christodoulou a Black Falcon 1-2 though for Mercedes absolutely nose to tail as I suspected it might be between the Phoenix Racing Audi and the Rover Racing BMW is there going to be a way through because there are still yellow flags being waved I'd missed that but Tiergarten still a caution area that removes an overtaking opportunity for Katzberg who's way up the kerb towards the end of the lap the BMW squirms and slides all over the place in the end even if the BMW had got ahead of the Audi which it cannot do by the line it would have been a change of position because of an in-race penalty that Katzberg and Eng's BMW were given 35 seconds worth of that because of an infringement somewhere along the the way maybe into a full course yellow or maybe a bit of uh, illegal overtaking here and there perhaps over speeding in the code 60 we will find out what exactly what that penalty was for in due course but it will add 35 seconds to Katzberg's race time it crossed the line on the road within a second of the Phoenix racing Audi the all blue car but that will then open up to 35.946 seconds come the final result unless of course uh, Rover can argue their way out of that but there seems slightly less of a point to do that now that they wouldn't actually inherit a podium uh, because the BMW stay behind the Audi as the, che- the chequered flag was displayed so Mercedes 1-2 Audi 3rd BMW 4th and 5th it might have been an awful lot better than that for either one of the M6 GT3s after difficulties along the way. We suspect a slow puncture for Katzberg, which meant that an eight-lap stint had to become a five-lap stint, and there were early dramas for the number 34 uh, Vulcan Horse Motorsport BMW as well that, that put that out of the regular rhythm of the eight-lap stints. Still waiting for either one of the Falcon uh, Motorsport cars to head across the line. Christian Krognes versus Klaus Backler has been a very entertaining battle though towards the end of the six hours to feast our eyes upon. Krognes eventually making the move on the young Austrian driver through traffic as they headed out onto the hats and back with uh, Christian Krognes finding the inside line underneath a slower BMW and Backler trapped on the high side, the outside line, unable to cut back across the track. KTM crossing the line as well and not sure whether that was the eventual uh, winner of Cup X let's just have a look KTM's three of them in total and it's a win for the number 930 Teichmann racing car which was driven to the line by Koffler 
Oh, side by side. Across the line at the end there as well, the uh, uh, the Falcon Racing uh, Porsche, very close with uh, Christian Krognus, but Christian Krognus just coming home the uh, winner, and he takes fifth place then. So Christian Krognus for Falcon Sport, Falcon Horst Motorsport number 34, taking fifth place just ahead of Klaus Bachler's Porsche, and he finishes in sixth place. And so much was the advantage for Black Falcons 2, Mercedes-AMG GT3s. They are ready uh, in the Parc Ferme area. Of course, they just do one half a Grand Prix lap, effectively as a slowing down lap, and then immediately into the pit. And the Audi arriving now, then car number five, driven by Vincent Kolb. And he shares that with Frank Stippler. But Kolb put in for the final stint, and they do net a podium. So I'm sure Phoenix will be... Very, very happy with that. Um, at times, that Audi looked incredibly strong and certainly faster than the Mercedes at certain points around the circuit. But Patrick Assenheimer, a double winner in this year's VLN 2019 season and back-to-back victories, no less, with changes of co-driver. But it doesn't really matter. They, they, these guys are sort of plug-and-play, aren't they? You stick Marrow Engel in and the Mercedes automatically goes quickly. And uh, as I say, from uh, the point of view of points for the speed trophy, it doesn't matter who you put in the car, as long as it's got the right number on the side yep. uh, and it's got the uh, uh, right entrant. And once you've picked your entrance uh, number for the season, that's what you stick with for the whole season. Uh, so points in the bag for Phoenix. And let's just see where that puts them in the uh, championship. They will... Um, probably remain in third in sorry they're in fourth place currently uh, and they'll probably remain in fourth 18 yeah they'll uh, not quite be able to overhaul Manti's uh, uh, score um, get, no, they'll, uh, row racing will yeah, Black Falcon number six as a result of two wins will move to the head of the uh, speed trophy Rover racing will come and take over second place uh, and then I think Manti will remain third. Phoenix will move into fourth place. Um, and also interesting that the battle between the uh, number four and 34, the uh, number four Falcon Motorsport Porsche and 34 BMW, uh, they are tied on points for the speed trophy. So um, Christian Krogners, by making that pass on the last lap or the last couple of laps, um, has actually secured fifth place for Falcon Motorsports ahead of Falcon Motorsports because they were in fifth place in the Speed Trophy Championship. They now, Falcon Motorsport, Falcon Horse Motorsport moves ahead. Yeah, it's difficult when Falcon Horse and Falcon Motorsports are uh, <coughs> together on the screen. They're uh, fifth and sixth. In fact, both Falcon Motorsports cars, Porsche ahead of BMW, make it into the top seven Nikolai Moller-Madsen bringing the Phoenix Racing Audi, the red car, to the chequered flag as the winner of the SP9 Pro-Am division, taking victory ahead of the Janine Hill, John Schoffner, Fabian Schiller, get speed performance Mercedes. It could have been a different story there were it not for a slight error for John Schoffner. The error itself was not a huge misdemeanor. The difficulty was actually getting the car recovered from a half spin at the Hatson back in that he had to either go forward or backwards because he was sideways on to traffic and it's a blind left-hander on the Hatson back. So his priority was actually just getting off the racing line. 
then he got virtually beached on one of the high curbs and found it very very difficult to get pointed in the right direction again when finally he had found the track once more uh, the Phoenix Audi had already taken the lead and was never going to look back but they finish in 8th and ninth places respectively uh, the Cup 2 honours go the way of the number 123 machine which is uh, Alex or was Alex Meese bringing that car to the line the 123 was uh, from Cup 2 Mulner Motorsports Porsche um, I'm not sure whether Morris Krantz and Marcel Hopper were involved with 123 at any point they were supposed to be from my initial entry list but we know Alex Meese was added to that lineup uh, relatively late on certainly after the 31st of July and we were fighting with driver lineups for, for much of the race to be honest for that particular car Marcel Hopper and Moritz Kranz were the other two drivers okay so that is correct it's yeah. just that Alex Meese was added to make it a trio SP7 was won by car 66 the ACV Motorsport Club Porsche 911 GT3 Cup MR they are all Porsche GT3 Cup cars in SP7 and uh, was it was Thomas Capella who brought that car to the line also sharing with Willie Hoopy and Thomas Gerling for ACV Motorsport Club in car number 66 beating 57 to the race finish and it might be as a quirk of where the chequered flag fell those cars are separated by a lap but it was never actually that convincing for the SP7 division but car 66 having to go round for an extra lap effectively because it was uh, ahead of the overall race leader on the road Cup 3 was won by the 917 Schmickler Performance Porsche 718 Cayman ahead of the 7 ahead of the 979 Cup 3 car from Mulner Motorsport that's always a classic battle between Schmickler and Mulner when it comes to the Cup 3 718 Caymans SP8T, Gabriele Piana stayed at the wheel of the Black Falcon Mercedes AMG GT3 to win that division, car number 155. SP8, led home by the number 131 rent to drive Familia Racing Porsche 911 GT3 of uh, Kerhofer. I wonder which Kerhofer that is. It is Marvin Kerhofer, together with Dmitry Lukanikov and David Ackerman. But uh, Marvin Kerhofer. Uh, a bit of a single-seater ace now having some experience behind the wheel of that particular car the um, Porsche from Rent2Drive TCR is uh, won by 806 Matilda Racing with their Seat Cupra SP10 181 the BMW M4 did take victory Team Avia Zorg Rensport three BMWs actually lock out the top uh, three positions in SP10 uh, it was 181 ahead of one 7-8 and 1-9-1 and they all appear to be home and hosed now in Cup X we've already mentioned that Teichman Racing the 930 car takes victory in the all KTM crossbow division SP6 the winner is Setup Wizard Racing with their Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car number 215 SP3T it is the Bonk Motorsport KG outfit running an Audi RS3 taking victory in the number 310 car. Cup 5, 650. Uh, congratulations to David Griesner and all the others at uh, the Pixum Team Adrenaline outfit. 650, 
I think from pole to the flag but they had plenty of uh, battling to do along the way David Griesner and Yannick Fubrick are victorious ahead of 6.95 and the treble six car of Nico Otto other classes V6 is won by number 435 which is the team Mattel Racing Porsche Cayman S V5 the treble four Pixum Team Adrenaline Motorsport Porsche Cayman takes victory there H4, a win for the Rent 2 Drive Porsche 911 GT3 Cup of 5.95. Der Bommel bringing that car to the line to win H4. SP2T is won by um, the Bonk Motorsport crew running the Peugeot 308 Racing Cup car number 308. In H2, it is a Renault Clio victory, car number 614. In VT3, it's the Porsche 718 Cayman for number 473. And one of the Housemans, I noticed, driving that. Patrick Houseman. It was, yes. Patrick Houseman victorious in that car. Uh, further down the order, the defending champions for VLN being Danny Brink, Christopher Rink and Philip Lyson take victory in the very highly subscribed class V4 division in their BMW 325i. That's another Pixum Team Adrenaline Motorsport prepared car. SP3 is won by the Subaru BRZ number 275 in a class of Toyota GT86s, but they share the same floor plan to the Subaru and the uh, Toyota. Uh, look a little di- bit differently uh, with the body shell on top, but uh, the, the chassis is basically identical. SP5, treble two, is the BMW 1M Coupe taking victory there. VT2, it's the 507 Renault Megane RS. And alternative fueled category, AT in brackets, dash G, which means gas fueled. Uh, the Ford Mustang GT, number 634. The SP9 Am uh, solo car, I think, did take the flag... Uh, yeah, I've got it partway round the Grand Prix lap, so that would tally. Uh, 30 laps completed in the end by the Falcon Horse Motorsport BMW M6, number 36, which did get a race finish and therefore will be victorious in SP9 Am. And further down the order, there's one or two other class winners to pick out. V2 was the 549 BMW 318. SP14 won by the 262 Porsche Cayman 718. V3, it's the 516 car, which is another Subaru BRZ. And that is just about your lot. Uh, with, thankfully, no uh, classes that sort of didn't finish, if you know what I mean. Low, lowly subscribed classes with all of the cars being DNFs. We have got finishers for every single class, I believe, that ended the race. Good result for everybody. Then it's always nice if uh, you get to that uh, you get to that stage where uh, um, there's enough cars coming home to uh, to make the uh, classes all finish. And there were occasions where um, there were some incidents around the circuit, but uh, fairly few and far between, mm. and uh, nothing uh, nothing too major over the course of the six hours. Not great, though. The last two races have not been great for the Opal Manta. Last three races, That's actually, true, yeah. because the, and uh, wow, there was actually uh, that was a big shunt earlier on in the race, which is the one I didn't quite catch a glimpse of, which might have been the Flugplatz incident, actually, uh, with the 16 car going past a couple of stricken machines. Uh, confirmation 
of the top ten, though, for the Rover Six Stunder Adeze Rua Pokorenen. And the final result looks like there's 40 laps we made in the end. We were hovering around that figure and possibly as high as 42 at one point. But Maro Engel, Patrick Assenheimer, victorious for the number six Mercedes again after that took victory in the four-hour VLN4. Second was the number 16, also Black Falcon prepared Mercedes of Hubert Haupt, Adam Christodoulou and Lucas Stoltz. Ahead of an Audi podium finisher, the number five Phoenix Racing Machine of Vincent Kolb and Frank Stippler. BMW's just finishing off the podium, 99 Katzberg and Eng for Rover Racing, 34 for Valkenhorst, Christian Krognes, David Pittard, Jody Fannin. And then the two... Uh, Falcon Motorsports uh, cars, Porsche ahead of BMW, Backler and Raginger in their 911, Dusseldorp and Klingman in the M6. The Audi R8 LMS of uh, Phoenix finishes top dog in SP9 Pro-Am. That's the Beretta, Jans and Moller Madsen car ahead of Schofner, Hill and Schiller in their Mercedes. And in 10th position, the sole surviving Lamborghini Huracan, which was an SP9 Pro car of Dieter Schmidtmann, Hamill and Frank Pereira. Heiko Hamill, that is. So the 20 car finishing in 10th place and we may well uh, be able to whip through positions beyond that as well for the overall standings. But um, yes, Manta damaged in the Nürburgring 24. It then didn't appear at all in VLN 4 and although it was here for VLN 5, uh, not a lap completed. Not on the Nordschleife or anywhere. I think they may have done a few laps around the Grand Prix. Uh, All is not well there, I'm afraid to say. And... Also, another car that barely did any mileage at all, the 722 V4 BMW 325i. Uh, there were early dramas for Max Cruiser Racing with their Volkswagen Golf and a couple of other cars that ended in the pits very early on. The Mini uh, John Cooper Works Coupe from SP2T and one of the Porsche Cayman GT4s from the SP6 class with the Schmickler Performance car parked and not seen again. And Con- Franz Conrad with the Lamborghini Huracan, did very nicely in the Nürburgring 24, was actually flirting with the top three for much of that race, uh, but early damage for that car with uh, Michael Lyons at the wheel resulted in a uh, cracked radiator and all the fluid pouring out over the garage floor, and that car could not continue. So, yes, the, uh, the differing stories of motor racing, how, how uh, successful and how buoyant you can be from a particular race meeting and then the others that turn up for a six-hour race and uh, only do a handful of laps. But they'll be do back you, again. For the that, well, you're quite sure that uh, Franz Conrad will be back. Uh, never knows how to give up, does uh, Franz Conrad. Uh, one car that we didn't uh, hear anything from, and uh, I'm just reminded that we didn't talk about it at all during the race, was the uh, BMW M2 that was supposed to be making its debut. And uh, I just wonder where it was or whether it actually appeared in the uh, race at all or whether it was put as a entrant, oh there it was, uh, mm. finished in 114th place overall um, and in fourth place in the SP8T class, um, fourth and last in SP8T. So uh, it uh, did get around and I suspect it probably had a problem at some point because it only completed 28 laps, so um, some 12 laps behind the uh, race leader. So the uh, 
BMW M2, which, as I say, with the camo uh, black and white livery, I thought that was going to be distinctive, but uh, it, it disappeared in the early stages when uh, the weather wasn't very good and we didn't actually get a shot of it. I but don't remember seeing it, it which just so shows how good the camouflage livery was. <laughs> so often the case in uh, these races, when you have uh, uh, something over 140 cars in the entry list, that uh, you don't get to see every single one of them during the race. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll no doubt have collected useful data for uh, them. And uh, I'm sure there is, um, well, I know there is uh, an intention to make a competition version of the M2. So this wasn't just a, an exercise in going racing with a road car. But uh, uh, the idea is that there is going to be a competition future for the brand new BMW M2. Still whipping through the final results and uh, easy to pick out the class winners because uh, on the live stream, if you identify the overall position uh, number, then in the bo at the bottom of each of those little boxes, it tells you which class each car is in. And if there's a one next to it, they are class winners. So 63rd position overall for the VT3 victor. And uh, there was uh, also a class winner in 64th position there as well. But uh, Did you work out how many classes we had, Johnny? I actually didn't count those up. <laughs> no, I, I thought it might be slightly dependent on how many starters we'd had as well because if there were one or two one-class entries, I know that we'd had some cars that t made qualifying but then didn't make the race. Um, but I can leave that as a job t for you. You've possibly got uh, some slightly more helpful screens in order to do that. Uh, well, counting all the separate classes within uh, SP9, uh, we've got... Here are Patrick Assenheimer, by the way, and Maro Engel. <laughs> Somewhere in excess of 20 classes yeah. overall. I'm not surprised at that. Maro Engel, Patrick Assenheimer to the top step of the podium then, and Engel having to make do with a second-place finish last weekend at the Spa 24. Well, this time it's one better. And keeps uh, Patrick Assenheimer and the number six championship well on track, because uh, regardless of which drivers you use, as Paul has mentioned through the course of the season, in that particular championship, it's the car that uh, earns the points. That takes the lead of the championship as a result of uh, today's race, um, with Manti Racing being absent. So uh, Black Falcons number six puts up the podium, now leading of the championship uh, after VLN five. It's a nine-round championship, though, so still plenty of uh, time. The second-placed uh, runners now getting onto the podium as well. Hubert Haupt, Adam Christodoulou and um, Lucas Stoltz. Lucas Stoltz, that was the third one, wasn't it? Yes. I was in the process of uh, reminding myself, I have to say. And uh, in third position, it's the Audi crew, Vincent Kolb and Frank Stippler. And we will now hear the national anthem for the winning crew. Although perhaps only after we've introduced a few more drivers to the podium. So Nikolai Moller Madsen, who brought the SP9 Pro Am uh, winning car to the line. And Moller Madsen along with Steve Jantz and Michele Beretta for Phoenix Racing heading on to the podium for again three very smart gold band garlands 
They go around the necks of the Pro-Am winners for Phoenix Racing, having had a race-long scrap with the Get Speed Performance Mercedes. Here's the National Anthem. The national anthem for Auto Arena Motorsport for Black Falcon and, of course, for the two winning drivers. Congratulations again to Maro Engel and his co-driver, Patrick Assenheimer. And there'll be plenty more room for additional drivers who will be gradually called to the podium for the Rover Six Hours, the ADAC Ruhr Pokal Rennen. To drive Familia so Racing Team. Rent to Drive Familia Racing. They were victorious in a few classes, actually. But this may well be the SP8 winners. Marvin Kerhofer amongst them. Let's just have a look. Or is it? The winners in H4, it could well be as well. I think Rent to Drive have only won two classes, yes they have, but uh, maybe De Bommel is amongst this crew. Four drivers being called, so De Bommel, Karl Flantz, Andreas Mark Riedel and, uh, and Dirk Flugels to the far side of the podium. And it was the Group H winners, I thought, as much. So they, they victorious in H4, driving the 595 Porsche 911 GT3 Cup, the four names that I've just mentioned. I quite like these podiums because you don't always get the same representatives from each of the classes every single month, you know, but it gives uh, the chance for those in the lower classes to get their moment in the limelight. I suppose if you're going to have uh, 23 classes uh, participating in the race, then you can't put 23 class winners on there. Especially Not very easily, no. Three or four drivers in each of them. So uh, either you have uh, multiple podiums, uh, or multiple podium ceremonies, um, or you do what this, uh, what the VLN does, and as you say, select on each occasion who you're going to have up on the podium, which classes you're going to have represented. Yeah. Uh, Cup 2 next, so these are the guys driving the number 1-2-3 car, uh, Alex Meese, one of them, and then the two that we always knew were going to be there, uh, Marcel Hopper and Moritz Krantz for Moolner Motorsport, three smart garlands for those guys as well. Uh, what about the champagne, I hear you ask, well there are several bottles being prepared even as we speak, 
next to the podium in lots of ADAC overalls, which is useful for identification purposes. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll get take a guess on SP10 for the winners there. Uh, uh, TCR, I'm hearing. TCR, right. Okay, that being the Matilda Racing Cupra, uh, car number 806. Yeah. So that's uh, Matthias Vassell and Frederick Yearly and Roland Schmidt being called to the podium now for Matilda Racing. And Team Mattol will be the next ones. So this may be V6. Team Mattol Racing victorious in the V6 category with car number... 435. So if I'm right, this will be Wolfgang Weber, Alex Fielenbach, and Roberto Falcon, the Argentinian driver for Team Matol Racing AV. And uh, the car that is backed by Zimmerman Brake Parts. So winners in the VLN production cars. Oh, okay, as an overall group, uh, was the 435 car. It's a V6 machine, perhaps unsurprisingly, because they are the cars that are over three litres and up to three and a half litres for the production spec machines with their team Matol uh, Porsche Cayman S. So that is all the people we're going to get on the podium at the end of VLN 5. And it just remains for many, many bottles of champagne to be cracked open and... It's a rather warm evening now at the Nordschleifer, so this, I'm sure, for all involved, will be a well-deserved slurp of champagne, although much of it will be sprayed liberally, I'm sure, to cool everybody off as well. There it goes, champagne cracked from left to right then on a very highly populated podium. The fireworks have started as well. And another cracking day's racing at the Nürburgring Nordschleife Port Trust well. Wasn't it good? Yes. I mean, uh, it was constantly in doubt about who was going to actually win for overall. But you then had those battles towards the end between the three pairs that uh, kind of uh, sorted themselves out to uh, have uh, Mario Engel against Adam Christodoulou to have Nicky Katzberg trying his hardest to uh, catch up with Vincent Cole um, in the Phoenix Audi. Uh, unsuccessfully as it turned out but then Christian Krogner's successfully getting his Falcon Horse BMW ahead of the Porsche of Klaus Butler and uh, managing to finish in fifth place and as a result of that moving the Falcon Horse Motorsport team ahead of Falcon in the Speed Trophy. Great results down in the classes as well with uh, the Cup 5 class proving another win for David Griesner and Yannick, uh, his teammate in the Pixum team, Adrenaline Motorsport BMW, uh, getting uh, the win in the Cup 5 class and extending their margin in uh, the Drivers' Championship. Bad luck, though, for the car which finished up against the wall at the Tiergarten about three quarters of the way into the race, car number 706, and its drivers, Torsten Kratz, Moran Gott, and Oliver Frisser, who, um, say, provisionally, according to my calculation, will have lost second place in the driver's table uh, as a result of that to the 444 
crew who, which will have uh, taken over positions there but uh, a great race good to see um, a dry race as well and a race running to its allotted distance of six yes. hours yes um, we got there after the problems that we've had along the season this year in the VLN back to four hours next time though it is and that's going to be in five weeks time the 7th of September 2019 will be VLN 6 the first of four VLN four-hour races then that complete the season. There are two races in September, two races in October, and of course we will have the 42nd running of the RCM DMV Grenzlandrennen fully covered here on the Radio Show Limited Network. I'm sure on RS3, possibly also on RS1 as well. So that's five weekends time, 7th of September, September 2019, either in audio only or indeed, if you enjoyed the uh, the audio and visual treatment, it will be there as well for you to explore. Thank you, Paul, for your company over the last uh, number of hours <coughs> and uh, a thoroughly enjoying enjoyable race, I thought. Uh, we get back to the bread and butter part of the season in five weeks' time. Join us then from Johnny Palmer and Paul Trustwell. Bye-bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.